This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 235, The Qualifier Report, with me. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Okay, hello, hey, what's up? Hey, it's me, Matt. I'm here, and uh, this uh, this one's gonna start with a weirder energy. Hey, Hunter, how are you? What's going on? How are you doing? Why buddy? are you why, why are you in such a rush? Hey, Matt? listen, just what's I got because I got I'm trying to not do the thing where we talk for a really long time, and our guest is just forced to sit here while we talk and banter for like two minutes or whatever. And and oh, okay, um, so there's like okay, let me get in there so that is so that, that we something can... we do? Is that I don't know. We haven't had a guest on in a long time. Matt. Yeah, is that something that we've done in the past? I have no idea. I'm just always that? afraid of it. It's just like a fear I have that will you just that fear will spend that. too long. Yeah, you're just yeah. walking around fearing that people around you are like sitting waiting for you to introduce them on a podcast. Yeah, so you're just, just like that's in my daily life. Like I just fear that like I'm not doing everything I can to introduce those around me. To, well, because I know I do. This? I know I do that at public gatherings. Like I, I was at a thing the other day and. Uh, never introduced myself to the other people uh, that that I was with at this. At this man, meeting. you don't introduce yourself to people. Yeah, I'm really bad about it. You don't say. All you have to do is you reach out. You say hello, Matt, or yeah. hello, I'm <laughs> hello, Matt. You I'm say, Matt you too. Say, you say hello, I'm Matt, and I am a board game uh, podcaster. Boy, do I hate uh, the question. I, what do you do? Uh, I, I so the people I was hanging out with once I did introduce them, it was like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm finishing up my P uh, my PhD in biological engineering. What do you do? Oh, um, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I talk have to about, get into it's it. like a space board game. I talk about it every day and I play it every week and that's what I do. And I, I do that. <laughs> it takes uh, no education or no thought or planning. <laughs> yeah. I always say like the show is about one board game and then somebody will be like, oh, they always make me say that twice. <laughs> like, I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like you know what i mean like i'll tell somebody i'll be like oh it's this podcast that it's it's only about one board game and then they'll hear that it's like for all i know this person's never met a board game podcaster had not even occurred to them that there are board game people that just Mm -hmm. talk about board games Mm -hmm. and their response is always so it's just about one game (laughs) and it's like yes i did just tell you that that is exactly what i told you and then they want to know what the game is and you have to go yeah it's called it's called twilight imperium (laughs) Sorry, let me do it in the voice. It's called Twilight Imperium, and it is a Space 4X galactic simulation game. Yeah, I, lo- I love saying 4X to just random people <laughs> that I don't know. That's a oh, good... no, Hunter, we did it. We did the thing. Yeah, you did it. I, did. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. I, here, int- it will, here, introduce me, and then you can introduce Dad. Okay, hey, I'm here with my illustrious co-host, Hunter Donaldson. Hi, it's me. It's Hunter. And also... We've and got, now we've got a, a wonderful guest here, uh, most notable uh, for being the very first person to sign up for the 2022 Patreon tournament. It's Stads. Hey. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hunter. I'll, I'm glad that that'll be on my gravestone, you know, first to sign up for the 2022 tournament. And uh, don't worry yeah. about me sitting here listening to you guys. I've been standing and doing squats, you know, got to get those calisthenics in before we start talking. Heck yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, if you don't know, because you've been living under a rock, Stads does his own little show uh, called The Qualifier Report, uh, where he 
keeps up with all of the games. Every single game that's been happening in the qualifiers of this year's tournament follows up with all the players and uh, writes up a little podcast. Hunter and I have guested on it each once so far. But uh, I'd love to just start off with Stads. What's the what is the process? Are you like a field reporter? Is this like do you feel like a journalist now, having done done this uh, weird little job? Uh, let me answer that with a reference. Have you two seen the movie The Matrix two thousand and one or something? There's a yeah. scene where yeah. someone's explaining The Matrix to Neo, and they're like, you know, I don't even see code. All I see is like red dress, blonde hair. That's how I feel like with Twilight Imperium. I don't even see factions or slices or battles. I just see guac point. I see flipped imperial to score. That's how I feel. So yeah. how I actually do it is I go through the Twitch VOD. I usually at 1.5 speed and then I skip ahead. And if something interesting or notable happens, I write it down. And then I keep doing that for every single game. Oh and I God. stay sane Whoa. because I love this board game a lot. Well, at we'll one point five speed, though, the game still would probably take like uh, how long do you think it takes for you to get through a game watching it like that? Uh, about forty-five minutes to one hour. Sometimes it's longer, uh-huh. sometimes it's shorter. Some games just have more going on. Some yeah. games have less. Well, it's know, wild to realize how much you can skip. <laughs> like how much humming and hawing <laughs> there is in any given Twilight Imperium game. Yeah, that's true. That's fair to say, especially in games. If I'm in the game, then, you know, I can't imagine there's really much. I like to just I play Twilight Imperium. I realize like I'm just like moving my toys around, you know, <laughs> like I'm just like I, I like that there. Yeah. That goes there and I <laughs> like it there. I imagine there's a lot of other people out there that play TI like they're just moving their space yeah. toys around. You wouldn't believe how many times there's just round four. And I cannot think of anything interesting to say because everyone's just like uh, I build at home and wait for the stage two to pop. Yeah, paying <laughs> attention to a lot yeah. of games does that. Really teaches you how useless round four is as a construct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish we could get rid of round four sometimes. Maybe even <laughs> round three, too. Yeah. Like, round three, not great. Round two's cool because people take custodians if they didn't already, you know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, round three and round four is just waiting for round five, huh? How do you feel in general about the uh, quality of the uh, games? Like, as far as, like, how... How many of them do you feel like you took way longer than 45 minutes to get through? I'd say probably about 20, 25 have been longer, but those I love in their own way. You know, I like to refer to them as clown fiestas once they get above nine to 10 hours in real time, (laughs) but it's just six people and the streamer and chat having fun. And I love them for that too. Yeah. I've been, I I, shout out to literally every single qualifier streamer who's been going ham on games there's so uh, many now yeah there's so there's, many there's some that have been doing way too much uh frankly wait wecker uh big al uh matt jackson m duval some of you need to slow down too much work uh but you know what it's like wildly appreciated and all the people who have tried it out too i think that's super fun some folks that were like i wasn't really thinking about street i, I wanted to just try out one or whatever i think that's been super cool uh i love to see, uh, it, it feels vindicating to see people talk about uh, them also getting sidetracked with commentary, like not talking, getting distracted and not talking about the game anymore <laughs> by like round four or whatever. Cause it's like, yeah, it's actually really hard, if not maybe impossible to stay tuned into the game the whole time. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think people realize how wild that is. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I I wonder how many episodes of this show there is where we're talking about something. We have a specific like thing we could be uh, talking about, and Matt use, is like, "I got a platform to talk about the haters again." 
<laughs> Somehow the haters are back, and we're talking about how they complained about how we talk about random stuff during the commentary. It's a it's an eight to ten hour job, everybody. <laughs> you know, like even at a even if you work, I don't know, in construction, you get like a lunch break. Yeah, you know the the the, com- the players watching youtube videos treat us like a boss at an amazon work warehouse or something that's that's <laughs> like the tenor i feel like i'm sometimes under people used to like at the water cooler talk about television at their office job you know we don't do that anymore because people don't work in offices anymore people work at home but at home you can talk about whatever television you want you know, so like that's just like something that happens whenever people you are talk to Google about where how well, how were televisions made, and you just do that for thirty minutes, and then I'll oh, say oh, this. shoot, I got to get back to work. <laughs> if you went through all the the commentary from every commentator, I feel like at this point, which is a lot of people, I bet you a majority of the off-topic conversation happens in round three yep. and round four. Right? Okay, <laughs> it's like that. It's like a halftime show, but the game is still happening. That's what round three and round four is. Sometimes it's interesting in round three and round four. I'm not saying every round three and round four has been boring always, but there are, you know, most of the time it's not super notable. Yeah. Well, um, so of course you could go listen to the qualifier report if you just want to hear about every single game. We're not going to just like, and you should do that. Um, but we're not just doing that today. We're going to do a bit more synthesis. Um, we have seen, so obviously we're doing this a little bit early. Um, 70 out of the 80 qualifier games have been played, but I'll, I'll be honest with y'all, the last 10 are the hardest to make happen, so I, I mm-hmm. didn't want to like delay this episode indefinitely in the like if in case like one game doesn't happen for some absurd amount of time or whatever. Um, so we have most of them in the bag. Uh, the stats collectors have been collecting stats. We've got a lot of... Uh, We've got a lot of info, so we just kind of wanted to chat about everything that's been going on within this tournament. So let's start with uh, sort of the broadest takeaways, which uh, we can we can lead with slices. This uh, this tournament is using a multi draft, a pseudo multi draft method where we pre built some slices and and we named them as we do. So Stads, how are the uh, how are the slices doing? Yeah, how are the slices doing? <laughs> so uh, Mama's drama is a slice that was designed to be quite good mm-hmm. and in fact mm-hmm. it is doing quite good mm-hmm. i think it's won 20 something percent of all games wow and oh it's my always doing well and yeah. so many different factions have done well there this entire slice is completely changing the tournament yeah just because we've seen yin wins there we've seen sardak wins there we've seen mm-hmm. all the factions that would normally struggle in a game of twilight imperium if you get six planets in your slice and Aaron amir Mm-hmm. And the Rigel system and Evera, you're just swimming. Yeah, you're gonna Not do so well. Much. Well, and so okay, so then the the large win percentage is like, oh, so is it OP? Is it too good? Here's the reality. Here's my take on this. Of course, it's too good. But like, when people ask for ways to get things like Arborek played and Yin played and to do well, mm-hmm. it re- mm-hmm. it necessitates a slice that is better than the others. Like it it, it literally just is required, and by having a slice that is better than the others means sometimes the worst faction doesn't end up there. So we also have like Clan of Sar wins and Necro wins in Mama's Drama. So uh, the reason I think it's getting such a high win percentage is it's like, well, yeah, uh, normally good factions are winning in it, obviously. And then the bad factions are also winning in it where the bad factions aren't necessarily winning in all of the other slices. Yeah, I think like 
it's it's just like anything else that we've ever done in any of our drafts. If you think there's something wrong about it, well, we're just going to throw all of the players in all of those games under the bus <laughs> instead of taking any responsibility ourselves. No, like, it is it is better not... than I wanted it to be. That's for sure. It's better than there I wanted, go. than I hoped okay. for. Um, but, also, but also, it is some of your faults. I'm looking at game six <laughs> with this necro win in Mama's Drama, yeah. and I don't understand how that happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it, it was definitely supposed to be the best slice, um, but I feel like maybe the way some of these drafts played out did not really reflect that, or the players did not take that seriously. Although, it, it's, it's also fair, because anytime, anytime we're at the beginning yep. of a um, tournament cycle, uh, the data can be really weird, because players are just getting used to this stuff in general and then also there's a lot of people that come into the tournament and they haven't even been paying attention yeah. so even the people that have wisened up uh from just like watching the tournament uh it's just you have random people coming in that's like well i i don't even know so i might i may as well be somebody from one of these first handful of games stats how do you feel about mama's drama do you feel like it's too good i think too good's super super loaded of a term so thank you for putting that all on me yeah yeah and uh to be honest i don't think it's too good i feel like it can be played against see mama's drama has a really big strength and a really big weakness all in one in that it's very hard to get in and out of it it's got mm -hmm. Evera right in the front which means getting to mechatol is kind of annoying and it's got no wormholes meaning that if someone else is about to win you have to have a lot of blue tech to be able to get around the board and stop them but it also means that if you are about to win in Mama's Drama, it's pretty tough for anyone else yeah. to stop you. So if you play a greedier game than Mama's Drama, you know, you get to Mechatol, you get your Imperial points, you get some Relic points somehow, or Agenda points, maybe some Imperial Riders, we'll get to that later. You can absolutely win and beat Mama's Drama. Yeah, I think yeah. it went, when I think about the regret I have with the Slice, it's not like the numbers, but I, I wasn't fully aware of how... Uh, hard it was to get into the slice when we made it i wasn't i that's a that's a factor i did not consider well enough and i think that's i wish there was a wormhole like in the equidistant that's like the thing i wish mama's yeah. drama had was just just some way to get in there and you can have all the other powerful stuff but then there's a way for somebody to maybe deal with you but yeah the, the raw strength from mama's drama definitely comes from that just fact that sometimes nobody can do anything about them you know what i think it should have been uh to be specific about it i think in so in hope you know how there's like a grav rift to the right and then the alpha to yeah. the left? Yeah. So there's like two ways into hope, which feels like kind of unnecessary or redundant. And I feel like if that alpha had moved to Mama's Drama, it would have that would have been the perfect little fix. Yeah. But overall, yeah. I mean, I don't also I do not I we talk about stats because it's fun. I stats make sense and they're fun and it's like a it's a football to throw around in conversation. But I don't actually believe in stats for Twilight Imperium yeah. tournaments. I think you would need thousands of games to have yeah, relevant. The, the, I, I find myself saying this a lot on the Discord, which because like people are keeping lots of crazy stats, and then like statisticians will come in and be like, well, none of it is relevant. It's like, well, I know we're not actually saying anything broadly about Twilight Imperium. I mean, we, we kind of can, but we know we're saying it wrongly. We're, we're not using the data. Like, we're just using the data to back up what we want to say about the game anyways. But... 
the stats are useful to, at the very least, just tell the story of what did happen in the tournament. That's all I want the stats pages for, is to just know right. what happened in the tournament. It's not to say Mama's Drama, if you played it 10,000 times, would have this percent, you know, would, would continue to have a 30% win rate. I don't care about that. I care about just seeing after 80 games, what did that all look like? So it's more about yeah. the, the historical record of it for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Stads, how do you feel about the the rest of the slices? Basically, overall, the 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 multi draft thing we went with here. Do you feel like it was a success or not in uh in the qualifying round thus far? Well, I definitely want to say yes, just because I think multi draft is hands down my favorite way to play this wonderful yeah. board game right now. Right. If you asked me something like two, maybe three weeks ago, I would have said there's very clearly three tiers of slices. Mama's drama at the tippity top. Then a nice middle part of the sandwich with Hope, Golden Corral, and Tom Hanks, the uh, orange, red, and green slices. And then mm -hmm. at the bottom, there's Anti-Massachusetts, Chili Dogs on the Beach, and Live Free or Gash Hard. Mm -hmm. But in the last week or so, Anti-Massachusetts has been doing pretty darn well. And that's kind mm -hmm. of blurred the tears. So it might just be Mama's Drama, almost everything else. And then Chili Dogs on the Beach way at the bottom. Right. Yeah. yeah. Looking at Wecker has a, a, a layout here of slice win rate distribution when picked, which to me is a critical thing because you can look at just the win rates and, you know, uh, a live free or gash hard is in the, the toilet. It, it has a horrible, horrible win rate, by far the worst. But the problem is nobody's picking live free or gash hard. So it's not that it's losing games it's just not winning games because it's not even in them but in percentage of how often it's played compared to its wins it's like right there in the pack it's just like at the bottom of that middle tier which really anti-massachusetts live free or gash hard tom hanks golden corral and hope are all within like three percentage points of each other that's nothing yeah. that is that is yeah. negligible difference to me you know what I really like about Live Free or Gash Hard is that, um, well, there's not that many wins on it because, like Matt said, it has not been picked. There's only like three wins where, as of right now, as of this recording. Um, however, we made it to be, I mean, not a Muat, well, sort of a Muat slice. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a supernova, and we did reference the Gashlight in the slice, which is just classic us. <laughs> like, we, I, for some reason, we've always done that. Yeah. Um, and there is one Muat win in that slice. Right. And I feel like. If there's ever, like, if we're ever right about something in the map reveal uh -huh. ever, then I feel very validated because yeah. we are almost never, I mean, if you watch, like, let's say you watch a whole round of our tournament and then you, like, go back and look at, like, our map analysis at the beginning, it's just, it's always going to sound wildly off base compared mm -hmm. to what happened, uh, basically, because uh, the reality of Twilight Imperium versus the uh, vacuum, uh, it doesn't really work, which is actually a reason why we shouldn't do the show, I'm realizing. I think I sort of just... That was like a pretty good logic to cancel the show, I think. Uh, because, yeah, it's in reality, there's a million variables to Twilight Imperium, and if you're just talking about it, even just by virtue of the fact that you're talking about it in a vacuum, you're always going to be leaving so much out. There's yeah. no way to actually talk about every element of it. Right. Um. Matt, you wrote something in the script here to talk about how it's not as bad as you think, live free or gash hard, which we sort of just covered. But I just want to ask why you think that. Like, what 
What do you think it is about that slice? That... Well, I was going to kind of pose a similar question to, to Stads and to all of us, really. I'm just looking at the two slices. Com- I'm, or, sorry, I say two slices. Chili Dogs on the Beach is the one that has been underperforming. Um, basically, mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers, you can almost, if you gave like half of uh, Mama's Drama's percentages to Chili Dogs on the Beach, we would have like a perfectly even uh spread so it just like it sort of looks like chili dogs on the beach had all of its wins stolen by mama's drama and when i look at the slices i get why people people pick chili dogs on the beach it's got kind of like a clean influence tile next to it it's got cute and rare on whereas you look at live free gash hard and it's like i'm not getting command counters until like round two or like end of round two or round three basically because i got to take uh kaldry zanhack so i get it being a harder slice to take so it's hard to say why it would actually do better, but I think part of it is uh, in the nature of Twilight Imperium, uh, Chili Dogs is an easier to get into. For the same reason Mama's Drama is performing well because it's really hard to attack, Chili Dogs has a wormhole in the center of the slice, right oh, there yeah, in front uh-huh. of home, right. and it has the Nebula, which just isn't as good as Live Free or Gash Hard, which has worse numbers, but has a supernova to the left as a full stop, and the wormhole is actually in the equidistant, not in the center of the slice. So in terms of wind slay potential, Chili Dogs on the Beach actually like doesn't stand a chance. And it is the only slice with a wormhole in the center. And I think what we learn more and more and more to me about Twilight Imperium is the numbers genuinely like don't matter. The, the, the resource and influence values don't matter. They get changed with attachments throughout the game anyways. Sure. It's yeah, yeah. planet count and it's like board position. It's where is your stuff. And I think that is like the story you learn from Chili Dogs versus Live Free or Gash Hard. Yeah, that I, makes sense. I think I think I agree with that somewhat. Um, I'd want to push back a little bit on that. Oh yeah, though. two two points or counter arguments, I guess. First is I think there's a lot of selection bias in Live Free or Gash Hard. Sure, people just don't pick that slice unless yeah. they have a plan for it. They're like, yeah. mm. hey, this is gonna work, and I don't know why they think it's gonna work, but. I'm just saying that if no one's picking the slice except for a few yeah. beautiful geniuses, mad scientists, <laughs> if you will, those mad scientists have to be something, right? Right. They have to be saying right. something. And everyone else is just a normal schmuck like you or me. They just right. go chili dogs on the beach and they have a bad time. They would have had a bad time and live for your gash hard, but right. they chose they, chili Because they went into this without a solid plan. They took, they had, they were looking at it and they said, I can either take live for your gash hard or I can take chili dogs on the beach. I don't know how the rest of this draft is going to go, but I guess I'll I'll take the one that probably can kind of pull off anything. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. I really like the way you just put it, Stads, of like, because if, if you're coming into the tournament and you're like, well, no one's going to pick live for your gash hard, then no matter how any of the randomness shakes out in the draft, you can just be like, well, I'm going to have that slice. Right. So let me just craft this whole early game that is just based around having that slice and I will just try and get the best faction and the best speaker position uh, right. that I can possibly get. Um, yeah, so that's cool. That makes sense. I, I, I like that. Um, My second pushback yeah, yeah. was I, I actually really like the Nebula over the Supernova because there's yeah. two objectives that came in our Prophecy of Kings mm. expansion. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There is Make History where you got to be in a legendary planet or Anomaly or Mechatol Rex and you can go into Nebula only one faction can go in a supernova unless mm-hmm. you have a nav suite. So that's nice. And it's also on the edge of the board. So sometimes there's an objective that says, go to the edge. You can go into the nebula once again. You can't go into that supernova. Right. Yeah. So I think you're completely right for the wind slaying being much more solid with the supernova. 
but I'd rather have stage ones to be easier. But that's my take. I don't have any data that backs that up. I think both of those are true. Um, I also, this, this matters much less, but I just, um, I always like to take an opportunity uh, during the show to just say something I think people forget about because it's just good to say these things out, out loud, but nebula defense exists. Yeah. Um, that's just, true. I just want to say that exists because I always forget that it does. And then I see it in the TTS auto roller and I'll be like, well, what, what was that? Why is that? What is that thing? And someone will be like, well, Hunter, that's one of the rules of the game. It's, that's just something that's in there all the time. Yeah. And, and I'll think, I bet I've never played that right in real life. Yeah. I bet I've only not. played that correctly on, uh, on TTS because it's automatic. Yeah. Um, well, so we talked about slices a little bit. Do we talk about, uh, factions? Yes. Cause Matt, me and you have some egg on our face, I think. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think, frankly, sure. no, 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 we no. Seem Remember, to have been wrong about a lot. Remember, we were right in December, oh, yeah. January, <laughs> but then things have changed, and so now we'll be right next year when we when we do a different tier list. It'll just be well, because here, okay, he, uh, you're right that the egg on our face is like uh, Titans are crushing it, and Mahawks are crushing it. And we Titans aren't crushing it everywhere. They're crushing it like in one in slice, some key yeah. places. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, it's that's not true. like I feel like Titans is performing like a normal faction, but then there's just this one slice where they do good. Yeah, like, right. Although actually, I mean, they do have they've evened out a, a bit. I mean, they have seven it. wins, and then Mahawk yeah. have six. Um, the Mahawk is the big one because we've been kind of dogging on Mahawk for for a long time and the reality is because we just never saw the win rate there like this is the first time they've shown up to the to the ball game i mean the same mm -hmm. can basically be said of argent flight we we ranked argent flight crazy high you were even wanting to like go like i think they're going to be s tier we'll see after this tournament kind of thing and yeah. argent are in the toilet they've only had a single win their win percentage is awful right now yeah yeah you know what though how about this i will say this um, cause I think, I think this is important to say. Um, so we abs, I think we absolutely called it when it came to, uh, the nomad, uh, because the nomad has wins like Everywhere. a healthy amount of wins. They're all over the place. And also like the fact that, that we can designate a faction S tier and then it still have as many wins as it has. Like right. you and me both know that Necro and Jolnar, uh and sar these are great factions but how many wins do they get and we don't really question that much do we yeah right. like we we don't say like oh well that i mean like we're not gonna like turn around and be like well sar doesn't have a great win rate so and because of our new design like sar does get picked you yeah, know for sure um but nomad i feel like still has like a pretty respectable win rate and we said they're the best one like what in the top four yeah like the third or fourth best faction in the game right and uh so i still i i will toot our horn on that one okay yeah, sure sure um stats what's but your, yeah, what's we your feeling on uh, on faction <laughs> stats uh titans doing well has surprised me a little mm -hmm. bit mm -hmm. i think they did really well on tom hanks early on which kind of makes sense tom hanks has a couple really really good planets. They've got a Cohen Jolier. That's free influence each planet. Yeah. That's tasty. Titans likes that. Starpoint New Albion also generally pretty high value system, and that's really good for Titans because they only have three infantry in their start, and being able to use those infantry to take very high value planets rather than yeah. a bunch of like one or two value planets. They like that. Uh, it's also got an asteroid field. Guess what? Titan starts with anti mass, the only faction in the expansion to do so, mm -hmm. and I think that's really good. Mahakt. 
I, I want to I want to have like a little bit here if you <laughs> yeah. let me. Yeah. We yeah. know we've been talking about asterisks as a concept. You know, there was a little bit of a rule zoopsie, <laughs> whatever. You know, that happens. In my opinion, you're not even a real qualifier winner if you don't have an asterisk, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I want to introduce the concept of a footnote. You know, an asterisk is something went wrong. You know, uh -huh. there's a little bit of a tie up in the process. A yeah, footnote yeah. is something crazy and inexplicable happened. It was all by the book, mm -hmm. but you look back and you're like, that was some real good Twilight Imperium. And I don't know if I'll ever see that again. And Mahakt has had a lot of footnote wins, if we're using that gotcha. new terminology, where stuff yeah. just happens and you're like, wait, this means Mahakt wins. Right. And you could never have predicted that, even going into round five, but just the right people get wins slayed or the crazy stuff happens and yeah. Mahakt just is like, haha, this was my plan all along. So are you maybe saying like the a footnote win is like one where the seventh player like lends like a lot of help maybe is i think like, that's a great way to put it yeah interesting i wonder well, if someone has put it that way in the past <laughs> like a whole tier with that idea yeah maybe <laughs> wait actually did we put mahawk to that tier i don't know uh, I don't, oh wait I don't we think so oh yeah we did we yeah. did okay i almost was like we wait i don't think we actually did put mahawk to that tier <laughs> we did we said need seventh player love yeah. well, and, and uh and and let's look at where their wins are because the thing i think that's good about mahawk is and you know blame this on the show or not i don't care but we we said they're you know they they need the seventh player which means they're not a top tier pick generally speaking which means yeah. they tend to end up in great slices i mean they have i uh -huh. think two wins in mama's drama of course mahawk's gonna do pretty well in mama's drama that's a great slice that has a red skip in it like it's it is designed for some mahawk play um and, uh, you know, they've got a win in Hope, another good, like, their only wins are in the good slices. Well, so, I don't know about that. There is an anti, well, I guess anti-Massachusetts might not be that bad. Um, you have a red skip. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they, they do have one in anti-Massachusetts. That's all I want to say. It's right. Just, just that. I'd say the difference between a seventh player win and a footnote in my mind is seventh player is, like, you top-decked a relic for a win. Yeah. Or yeah. extra just decided to exist. Right. Or you top deck to stage two. That was like the only one you could do. Whereas footnote is like the tiebreaker happened and no one was set up for it and something happened. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. you like picked warfare and leadership, imperial and diplomacy all killed each other. And you were like, guess I win now. Yeah. Wow. And you didn't even help out in wind slaying. It just happened to be <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> you're just like, guess I'll see what happens those those victories where you just kind of walk into it like you don't run you know it's just kind yeah. of like the the crowns like slowly falls from you know above you onto your head and it right. just like it and it falls slow too it's not even heavy it just kind of sits there like it was always supposed to be there um, um stads you mentioned extra in that little uh bit oh yeah extra along with nalu and arborek have are the only factions so far as of game 70 that are completely winless. The only three out of 24 factions and 70 games are Barak, Nalu, and X-Giant. And hey, guess what? All of those were not put in uh, very high tiers in our tier list. So also, I'm going to put a feather in my cap arbitrarily, even though I don't deserve it. Oh, you deserve it. Arbrick <laughs> and Nalu definitely haven't been doing well. I think Arbrick's made it to a couple tiebreakers, mm. and they just haven't come through. I think in most of those tiebreakers, the other person was favored to win anyway. So right. there's that. Nalu's just 
barely picked. They've been played three times. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No one wants to play them. They're. I, I don't want to hurt any Nalu fans. That's here. I'll I mean, honestly, you, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to me because I would pick Nalu over Arborek. I mean, depending on the draft, right? I mean, and with those low tier factions, you are relying on some kind of draft chicanery but I, I feel like there are ways that nalu can set up for the right sort of draft you know you take speaker and nalu and you end up in kind of whatever slice i i don't know i in my mind that would be something i would do well you might be right in one of those free nalu games they took custodians which was i think a plan they took speaker and warfare or something mm. like that so you're right it just didn't pan out not many yeah. people have wanted to try right. meanwhile extra's just been getting unlucky i think the number of times the extra kingdom has spun their hero and gotten a bunch of points from it is very, very low, which is simultaneously what you'd kind of expect statistically. But last year, extra kept coming up yeah. big. <laughs> like Moose spun his hero and got three points or something last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. I, we all remember that. There's a couple other times where they just got the point they needed to push them over the edge. Mm-hmm. And that's just not happening. And I think that's just... Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're the seventh player's best friend, sometimes you spill the drink all over them and they're mad at you, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I wonder if, um, it's just funny. It's funny thinking about stats because it's just like, if we, so I mean, we, we've been really kind of negative on the extra hero and I think a lot of that is influenced by, it's not that, it's not that the people that won in last year's tournament that it felt like undeserved. It just was wild to see it so many times. Right. right. And so I think now it's weird that we're not seeing it at all. And it makes me feel like, did we like, did we kind of overjudge that? that or I don't know. I think it's, I don't think it's not, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think the extra hero is very like, it's just not very fun. Exactly. I think, I think that's so. become the conversation at this point is it's not that it's like the most overpowered thing in the game. It's definitely not. There are way more powerful stuff out there. But mm-hmm. it's that it's like this, like no interaction, just very weird thing that's thematic, but time consuming. And I mean, for me, it really comes down to the just the rule snafu of the idea that other people cannot resolve abilities and how far people have recently been discovering the idea that that means um, Mentak cannot pillage from X child if they do transactions during the hero. Oh no. Stupid stuff. Like that stuff comes up. It doesn't, that nothing makes sense when you say abilities cannot be used during this hero. Like it, it just, it's, it falls apart and that's why I think it needs to go. Well, that, that feels like we would need even need, has the brain trust had a discussion on that? Cause I feel like, wouldn't transaction rules hurt? Yeah. Oh, okay. But pi- yeah, pillage is an ability. Yep. Yep. All yep. right. Yep. It's pretty gross. That's Look, you have me, not Milty. We'll have to answer that some other time. Yeah, Milty's not here, so we don't <laughs> we don't know for certain. Like we are just talking. You know, I have it on good authority. Yeah. Well, I mean, until Milty says one way or the other, like I'm, it's it's an open question. I just want to take. Maybe I'll just take this moment to say that I'm very proud of all the Sardak wins. Yeah. And I'm very pleased by it. Uh, Sardak, as uh, for its tier, you know, if you if you go back to our tier list episode, uh, performed, I think, very, very well. Um, definitely better than Muat. Well, actually, no. Are they tied with Muat? They might be the, at the same. Yeah, Sardak like is four, like... Muat is three. Yeah. Ooh, Sardak has four, Muat has three. Sounds like Muat's doing worse even though Muat was ranked higher than Sardak. So that's really good for Sardak and everybody else 
in that tier uh sucks um we have we have more than one yin victory which is that's weird how did that happen uh one of them was a very famous player known as magi playing a very (laughs) solid game he made some friends right beside him and the other side of the table tore each other apart and then a tech objective flipped and he had the best initiative when someone else picked tech yeah, I've heard it noted that the two yin wins are not yin wins. They're magi and eleven spoons wins. And that's like a oh, different yeah. thing. That's a very different breed of win than than a than a yin win. <laughs> I did hear Matt, wasn't it you who was telling me that Magi sat down for his game and picked yin and then people were Didn't like Didn't know they were bad. Yeah, Magi <laughs> He was like, Wait, what? Do people think Yin are bad? Magi is so out of tune with the show and the community and everything. The dude doesn't even play TI anymore and he's still a natural Hunter's foam finger is never going out of style. I'll tell you that. Oh much. yeah. It's 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 just replaced my hand at this point. I mean it's just I walk around, I gotta go everywhere with it, you know. Gotta go pick up a burrito from my local taqueria, you know? And I got this giant Stupid foam finger. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough when I'm put, trying to put my pin number in stuff, you know, real tough. <laughs> that draft was uh, also wild. I think Joel Dar went unpicked that draft the oh only time God. they've so not Yin, been picked. Magi, like, first pick Yin, and Joel Nar was left on the table. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yes. This game. Actually, throw all the stuff we've been talking about out the window. This game doesn't, stats don't matter, and, and none of the strategies <laughs> matter, and, and everything we've ever said on this show is fake, because uh, well, it, you can just make anything happen. <laughs> It's funny because oftentimes when in these discussions, when you're talking, when you're talking about stats from a tournament, um, there's an assumption that we kind of are all making and how we're talking about this, which is the idea that these players would all know how to play a lot of the factions, which there's like 24 of them. Yeah. That's a lot. You I know? don't know like, how to play all of the factions. I'm bad at like a bunch of the factions, you know? Oh my God. So true, Matt. <laughs> and so like... Sometimes you got to just like play, I don't know. It's like sometimes you got to do what we would say is a weird choice, Mm -hmm. but it's just because that person is like, well, I lose every time. It's like, you know, maybe they get to, they get an opportunity to draft Jolnar, but they know for a fact that they lose every time they play Jolnar and they're really bad at it. Right. So what, is it smart for them to pick the better faction, you know, even though like they are bad at it right. no Absolutely you gotta play not. with what you're good at and what works for your style yeah you know so then yeah it just gets weird you know yeah, definitely um we haven't talked much about the other we said we mentioned argent um kind of being in the toilet which is weird uh down there with them is l1 and the necrovirus not performing well um i don't know if i have any takes on it stads any any thoughts on what's happening to these three generally perceived as higher tier factions Necro, I want to get on my soapbox a bit, and I say they're actually kind of easy to have a bad time with because you've got that two infantry start, mm-hmm. and you don't have an easy way out of it. Jolnar mm-hmm. has a two infantry start. They have a little research agreement that they can dangle in front yeah. of people's faces and make right. them dance with. Necro, you're a big, scary virus. You're going to come for their ships. You're going to take their tech. Mm-hmm. Why are people going to help you out? Right. It's not as easy to negotiate your way out of that one. Well, do, so I do think Necro is just hard to get started with. And if if you're a good faction in a multi draft, it usually means you get a bad slice. Right. And if Necro, you have a bad slice and a bad start, you're not going to get started, and it's going to be a bad time. I just feel like with with Necro's start though, it's like what it in that situation, what is happening? Are they getting stalled out of warfare? Because that's all that you have to do in order to fix it, right? I mean. 
Kind of, but you also need to be able to score round one and get places. And yeah. I, I think th- this is not a blame thing, but when you two made the faction pools, I think you put Necro in a lot of pools where there weren't a lot of like blue tech or other yeah. good factions. You stuck them uh, with like Muat and Yin and stuff. And Necro doesn't like that. Yeah. Necro doesn't want to copy people's bad red or yellow. They want yeah, that's Soul true. Carrier 2. They want Titans uh cruisers they want lightweight they want all that beautiful stuff and if they're stuck with all the other factions in the toilet they're not going to get out of the toilet themselves yeah yeah they kind of reflect the other factions in the matchup yeah so i will yeah, say this I'll- necro is in four out of six matchups with clan asar which is hilarious uh we we really felt like they belonged with the <laughs> with the meat eaters up there yeah. <laughs> well yeah i think i think that uh i think it's fair that that necro has a like like for sure they have they have a rough start with the with only the two infantry um i kind of just like as somebody who really who really likes necro um i really want to dig into what those games look like and maybe kind of see like what the commonalities are there i'm also like really i'm curious about l1 as well because i feel like l1 kind of has a like pretty pretty versatile thing that they do so it's weird that it's weird that barony is now doing better this year than l1 did like this year and then last year barony did horrible and l1 did great like i i feel like i don't understand and and that l1 hero is like i mean i want a game uh, yesterday with it. I mean, I didn't really win it, but I mean, I like cheated or I didn't really cheat. I just like, I made a deal with a guy to let me win, you know, basically, which that's winning. There's no difference. Sounds like a footnote to me. I mean, Hey, I mean, definitely a footnote, but you know, and also like we wanted to go home, you know, the game had been going long enough. Yeah. Um, Argent, I think is the craziest one to me because everything we learned from last year is Argent just has this like completely clean, uh, game, but if I have any guess at what's going on, it's that Argent has the easiest time in the world getting to nine points, but they, that does not always mean they find a tenth point. And I would love to see the um, average score for uh, for Argent Flight, and like I wonder if their average score is still quite high. That would that would kind of like reassure me that Argent is still pretty good. They just they don't always close it out, basically. Would be Isn't the, that something would be that idea. we have? I think we have that, Matt. Like I don't know in which av- of these things we have. I mean, it's, oh, it's man, stuff that gets collected, of... but I tell you what, the big thing this year is there. there's stats on stats on stats. There's so much information to look at now that I, like, get lost in how much there is. Yo, yo. Hey, wait, wait. Matt, Matt. Yeah. So I, I found it. Great. So Argent Flight has scored 183 points <laughs> in the tournament. That's not useful. Wait, they've sc- okay. They've wait. Shut up. Shut up. They've scored an average of seven point nine six points per game, which is eh, that's kind of middling. Okay. Oh, Yin Brotherhood has scored eight point six, but that's probably because of lack of picks. Yeah. That's interesting. Then I mean, it's it's just kind of in the in the middle of the pack. That's I I mean it makes sense, and it's a hard metric to like judge anyways. Uh-huh. I, as I was even saying it, it's like. I would hope that to be true, but also we all know how it, you know, sometimes you win on seven, even though you had a win in the bag, like you, you had your 10th yeah. point ready to go. But so, yeah, I don't know. It's no, really hard up, to say what's up. going on. Hey, with hold up. Hold up. I got some other stuff. Maybe you want to hear this. Ooh, Do you want to know how many points Nalu Collective has scored in the entire tournament? <laughs> yeah. In the entire tournament. Yeah. Do you want to guess? Uh, 18. 
Whoa, that's close. It was 22. Oh 22 God. points in total <laughs> in the whole tournament. Now, let me let, let me read uh, Argent again. Argent has 183 <laughs> points. Nalu has 22. I think it's Nalu is the one that needs help. Not like yeah. we don't need to be. We don't even like Yin is. Well, I don't know. Maybe Yin is okay. Or just Yin is pick just Nalu again, man. Believe in Nalu Collective. Come on, why yeah, not? No, Nalu sucks. Nobody wants to play Nalu. It's boring. <laughs> uh, Stads, any closing remarks on factions? Any any last thoughts? Well, I was staying quiet because I have no explanation for why L one is not doing well. Yeah. They they did so well last year. You would yeah. think they would do well in Milti because they're kind of good, but not like too good to mm -hmm. get stuck in chili dogs the whole time but yeah they've just been struggling uh argent i have some answer but i'm gonna save that for a little later oh, okay worry, great we'll <laughs> okay cool uh well beautiful we're gonna take a uh, quick little break and then when we come back we have a uh, wackier we have wackier stuff to do more and more and we, we've got some also uh some game suggestions so if you've been looking for that if you want to know exactly which games to go watch uh stick around Okay, we're back. Hey, 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 everybody. How's it doing? Uh, how was your break? How did you enjoy uh, the dulcet tones of our theme song and then uh, a Leader Games ad? Was that fun for you? Did you enjoy it? Answer me. I don't know what the ads are, Matt. I've never heard them. <laughs> I've never heard the ads because I know I didn't record. I'm I'm not on the ad, am, am no. I? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, there's yeah. parts of you that are that are in it, but it's not your voice. You oh, know? really? Yeah. It's my Wait, my voice isn't in it? No, but your yeah. essence is, you know. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I <laughs> okay, I want to. I, I want to get into weirder numbers. So, Stads, you have you have some goofy stuff for us uh, based on your qualifier report podcast and keeping track of uh, the more pivotal moments. So, the first thing I think that's on everybody's mind is Stads. How's Ixthian Artifact doing this tournament? We don't care about factions and slices anymore. I just need to know how the agenda Ixthian's doing. Oh, Ixthian's coming up a few times. Uh... Quick question for you two. How many times do you think the Ixfian artifact has come up? Okay, how many games has it been? 70 games. 70, 70 games. How do, uh, and there's how many agendas? 80, 60, 50? Something like six per game is a pretty good announcement. Maybe a little more. And, so. and, but, and, and you have to remember that 100% uh, of the time if someone sees Ixfian, they top it. Yeah, right. Like 100% <laughs> of the time. I'm going to say so, 10. I'm going to say 10. Ooh, okay. You're going to say 10? I'm going to go higher than you. I'm going to say that it's like 16. I'm a little bit scared because Hunter is exactly correct. <laughs> and Matt is Matt knows how many times the x artifact blew up. Oh, wow. We just opened had 16, <laughs> open 16 times. Boom, 10, 6 tech. Wow. And I wow. don't think it's ever been closed. No, ever. wait. So nobody's ever voted against it? It's never. I don't it's, think it's so. come up 16 times and never gone against. That How doesn't make any sense. How can you go against sense. on Ixthian? It's like messed up. I don't even think like I, I. So I think you never go against on Ixthian. And I think if you play a rider on Ixthian. I mean, I guess if it's for the win. what I mean, fair enough. But uh, if it's like Imperial Rider one way and po Politics Rider the other way. You, whatever. Whatever. But... If it's if you're just trying to make a little extra something, it is not okay to rider Ixian. <laughs> you just don't do it. Right. You just we sit all there. as a community have agreed that we will make it go four every game, which means yeah. you must accept the terms to not put riders on four. Yeah. It's it's it it is a card where the only option is four, uh, but you know, don't 
don't put a writer down on yeah. four Be unless cool. you have a very good reason to do it. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to make, you know, if you're trying to get your leadership writer to pop, uh-uh. If you're trying to get your trade writer to pop, uh-uh. If it's for the win, it's Imperial Rider, fine. That's cool, I okay. guess, but that's Well, it. so here's my new request then. We've had mm -hmm. 70, or we, sorry, we've had 10 out of 70 bombs go off. We've got 10 more games. We should keep track of this, but... Uh, and stats, I know you don't have this number because this would be stupid, but somebody out there needs to go get this number for me. I need the cumulative total dollars worth of units lost oh my God, to Ixthian in the qualifiers. That's what I want. I want to know exactly how much <laughs> money was lost to the nuke. That's a lot of work, okay? <laughs> that's a lot of work. Hey, well, Stads has in his... He, he could easily post the exact number of all the games that Ixthian pops up, and then all it takes is someone to go find the VOD and find when Ixthian blows up. So it's, yeah, the information is actually probably not that hard to find. This would take me know. like half an hour to get. I can tell you exactly which games it blew up in yeah. and control left those, but let's not do that right now. <laughs> let's not do that right <laughs> now. <Yeah. laughs> okay, uh, so what else What else have we got? Uh, Stads, you brought this up earlier, but I think it's worth talking a bit more. So w we've been using a term uh, called the clown fiesta, and that is generally regarded as it's kind of a qualifier prelims only term because... Uh, in these tournaments, we have a tiebreaker uh, because we have a time limit because mostly we're just trying to respect the time of the people streaming the games who are often doing maybe many games a weekend or just uh -huh. many games over the course of the tournament. And so uh, what we saw in 2020 was uh, some people's lives just get ruined because they had like back to back to back 14 hour games or whatever. It was it was disgusting. So we we put a stop to that. But the clown fiesta comes up when the players know that the tiebreaker is going to occur. They know that they're going to run out of time, which that happens more often than it doesn't. In fact, I think we had a recent game where I feel like it was the first time we had a game that went to time where the players were racing for it to not go to time, and it they didn't make it. They didn't cross the finish line, and they had to call me in, and I had to say, nope, this one's done. You y'all didn't hit the time limit, so wow. it's, it's over. Um, and I think that's the only time that has ever happened with the time limit. So almost always, the players know it's coming. And sometimes when they know it's coming, they start saying, well, who wants in? Who wants to be a part of this tiebreaker with me for no, for some, and it's a clown fiesta because you are only hurting your own chances by giving other people a pass into defeating you in the tiebreaker. So uh, Stads, you have your, you kind of said this earlier, but I'd love you to reiterate the point of like, what, what? impacts a clown fiesta what what brings about more clown clown fiestas than not i think the primary thing has to be game length this is just a general trend this is not scientific and this is subjective but i think once at twilight imperium games goes past about nine hours everyone gets a little goofy mm -hmm. deals start to break down and just get made because people just want the game to go to the end people are just like hey i can't win i'm just gonna give my support to someone you know you want to take my stuff go ahead i'm gonna retreat out <laughs> it it's absolutely whack it's absolutely insane and so that's the kind of energy that can foster a clown fiesta sometimes it's just a good vibe at a table uh just this last week there was a game where there was four people i think in the tiebreaker and Soul, who was one point behind, Sardak just gave their support to Soul and was yeah. like, hey, why don't you join us? We've yeah. been here for 12 hours. <laughs> like, let's do it. 
and yeah, it's that, great that, that one was beautiful because they're at the very least you could look at uh the, their board position and there was a couple people who were clearly favored for the tiebreaker but even still the gall the sheer gall to like just invite people in like that always will blow me away and uh i mean i love it i i if anything i i've really come to like our tiebreaker um because it's not that hard limit. Again, the only time it's been like a questionable, like, ooh, they tried to... They, basically, these players were like 20 seconds off. They went they went over by 20 seconds. Wow. And uh, the reason we called it as, nope, it, it is over, is because primarily the person who stood to gain, the person who was at nine and nobody else was at nine, uh, so this wasn't going to be a tiebreaker. This was just going to be a time limit out. Somebody wins they did nothing to stall the game out they it was like an agenda phase and they were like voting immediately and it was mm -hmm. other players taking too long and it's like well that's why the time limit exists like when you just do things that take too long right. that's why we have the time limit so we have to hold to that and and if anything i like the flavor i've come to I, last year it started to scare me because we had some tiebreakers that just felt weird and like king makey kind of not really because it's not the same context but this year i feel way better about the tiebreaker in general yeah i mean i think it i think it's a i mean i think it's a necessary evil in order for this to work it has to exist um i i totally understand that feeling of like we've been playing for a really long time you almost feel like you've like sort of bonded a little bit with the people that you're playing with mm -hmm. so like if you get to that point where Let's say it's not evident that there's one player that should win. Right. You know, it's just like, well, we all played pretty good and now we're at the end and like some of us are at nine and some of us are at eight. What's the difference? Yeah. Like, let's all just like, if this game is going to be decided by a very random like set of card reveals, mm -hmm. I feel like it's not that weird to say like, yeah, let's just all have a shot. We'll just see. Like it is, it is. I think it's fair in that it is basically the seventh player sort of pop quizzing the players yeah. on how well their board state was. It's right. just like pop quiz. It was about whether you had your flagship out or not. Did you have that? Oh, I guess I guess you did. So you win and the others right. didn't. So right. that, you know, that's that's kind of the end of it. Uh, um, a perfect example came up earlier. Uh, Stads, you said Arborex seems to have gotten into a handful of tiebreakers and never won them. I mean, to me, that says everything that I've ever felt about Arborex, which is like, given the random draw of a stage one, Arborex has a tougher time. Like some factions just have an easier time. Nomad has their flagship out, guaranteed, and there's an objective that wants you to do that. Like th that, there's just things that that come up, and I. So sometimes I feel like the tiebreaker just awards good factions more than bad factions but that's you know i i don't know that there's a necessary there's never a way to avoid a bad faction getting punished uh is the is what i've really come to decide about this game is i cannot make a bad faction good and anything i improve is also improving good factions which inherently yes. hurts a bad faction yeah that always happens the homebrewers guild would like to intervene <laughs> well yeah you could just change the faction that's true <laughs> I have a wonderful tiebreaker story, which is, I think, my favorite one overall in that uh, it's the end of round five. Time is out. Soul is at nine. I think four other players at eight. Political censor flips, and the table tries to elect a champion to challenge Soul. <laughs> they split into two different factions, Argent and Cabal being the main headliners. It looks like Argent's going to get it. 
but Seoul is speaker, and Seoul puts all their votes on Cabal because they're an easier challenger, and Seoul then wins the tiebreaker off of the Think Intimidate Council. And I just love everything about this story wow. so much. <laughs> See, that was like the goal of the tiebreaker yeah. is for it to be like something that makes somewhat sense. Like right. it was never going to be great, whatever it was going to be. But the idea that the tiebreaker, you could still strategize into it mm -hmm. like it that it's not completely random so there's no point and that the strategy um, you have to lean into isn't get, like what we've seen in other tournaments where the timer just ends it's like okay so then i'm incentivized to literally stall the game out or right. whatever we didn't want that kind of thing but this is just like play like you were playing for points play play for points and you'll probably do better and in a tiebreaker right right um so stads I would love to hear as many as many specific game callouts as you've got in you as far as like games you think sh people should be checking out like games that are worth watching in the qualifiers this year that or just exceptional moments from games. Uh, so game 65 was that wonderful tiebreaker story I just mentioned. Cool. I, I don't know if the rest of the game was that good. Sorry, game 65, but the ending phenomenal. Do you watch that uh, game one? The very, very first one I have a special place in my heart for. Uh, this involved Nazroka and Argent tearing each other apart in round four. Absolutely tearing each other apart. I think Dominus Orp is used to take Argent's home system. Ooh. Nazroka had a whole bunch of their stuff taken. It was wonderful. Beautifully bloody. In round five, I think 16 resources flips. And Argent has just barely enough to do it. So they defend their stuff. They hold on as much as possible. Titans manages to take star point from them. I think Argent is in uh, Tom Hanks. Nazroka manages to take Atlas from them. And then uh, Nazroka did some kind of dirty stuff <laughs> to their support partner, Cabal. The kind where, oh, you don't have any units on those planets. I oh, no. mm -hmm. think I'm uh, going to take them <laughs> kind of stuff. So Cabal takes tries to take Nazaroka's home system unlocks Nazaroka's home system because of uh Empyrean commander that old chestnut <laughs> anyway it doesn't quite quite work Nazaroka holds on then Nazaroka uses junior the structure relic to make a space stock at atlas they sling Rayleigh at dreadnought and then they use stellar converter to take out one of Arjun's players <laughs> which brings them to guess what 15 resources <laughs> And it's just like the most Nazroka win to me. You use two relics, you have this entire toolkit of different things to use, and you find the one way to shut someone down. And it's a final stab in the back to someone that you've been fighting for about two, three hours now. It's wonderful. Wow. Great story. It, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I will throw out a suggestion, and it, it is um, only partially based off of the play, even though the play was great, uh, but 58 had our uh, our first uh spanish language broadcast in the space cats peace turtles tournament uh, so you should check that one out the vod i th they said they were getting the vod up it's especially funny because that game is the longest game of the uh, whole tournament so far uh, and probably will stay that way until at least the semis when generally How long was the time it, Matt? Went, it was like 13 hours it was i think it was oh. right under thir they had a six our final round that's what that's how right. it that's what you have to do to have a 13 hour game we we will not see very many of games a like that six hour yeah. was that a round five or around uh, six? round five 
Oh my yeah. god. Nightmare. So so Six rough one to watch. One but despite its length, the crew that is running the game for you held in there like troopers. Not only the game went so long that the English speaking broadcast had to stop. Like it was too it was like some god awful hour for them. They had to stop, and the Spanish language kept going, which meant all of the English speakers migrated over <laughs> to the Spanish broadcast, and the Spanish broadcast is like, uh, uh-oh, I guess we'll start speaking in English, or we'll try to read the chat, and tra-. and it's like, you you know, I, I, I want to tell those amazing streamers, you did not have to do that, you could have just kept doing your thing, and, you know, the chat was going to do chat's thing, you, you should have just kept up with it, but it is so amazing that you did anyways, and my favorite thing about that game is the fact that uh, it had a clown fiesta and the Spanish language broadcasters were very pleased with the term <laughs> clown fiesta and would do chants of fiesta, fiesta. And it was like chat and everybody, it was, everybody was having like the best time despite it being this god awful long game. So huge, yeah. huge shout out to them. Uh, thank you so much for, for that uh, amazing job y'all and, did. And that was game number 58. That's right. Everybody, if you're yeah. keeping up. I was in chat for that. Uh, it was wonderful. Thank you again to... Editor's note here. Wanted to give you the exact link. It's Hanela, twitch.tv slash H-A-N-A-Y-L-A-H. The vibes are wonderful. I had a great time. Yeah, that rules. Um, I don't have any games to, to recommend. Okay. I don't know. what <laughs> the the, the, the uh, I'm going to be watching all these Sardak games, though. I'll tell you this. <laughs> Check out game number five, uh, game number 19... <laughs> Uh, game number five and game number 19 is Sardak being piloted by players that I'm already familiar with and already respect. And I assume it's probably good. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know. I just know I enjoy watching Sardak being played well. So yeah. there you go. I can speak up for game five that was piloted by Bernie, if we're allowed mm -hmm. to say his name. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he, I don't think he got in more than something like one or two combats the entire oh game. God. He was just in Mama's Drama. The slice <laughs> gave him everything he needed, and he just grew fat from strength wow. and existed, and no one could attack him. Wow. And he just won after uh, some Fiesta stuff. <laughs> well, um, so to, to close things out, Stads, you have um, you have promised us a sort of... We've done a rules quiz with Milty before, uh, but now you've compiled some some sort of erroneous questions about the tournament, and you've got our beautiful new segment uh, that I guess we're calling Tournament Quiz. Tournament Quiz. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Stads, take it away. Your host. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Tournament Quiz. I do not recommend following along at home if you expect <laughs> to get things right. These will be ridiculous questions, and if anyone gets them wrong, they should not be made fun of in any capacity. Hint, hint. Are we clear, everyone listening to this? Oh, yeah. Great. I'm going to keep yeah. score, even though you just said basically not to. <laughs> but I, now, I, now I have to keep score. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's keep score, and if you lose, you are, you are, I mean, not at home. At home, it's fine. But yeah. between me between, and Matt, yeah. the one that loses the dummy big dummy <laughs> big dumb guy okay I, i'm good i'm gonna lose <laughs> okay are you two ready ready i'm ready ready all hyped up okay question number one i hear that you two and most of the community to be fair are a big fan of home systems being taken oh 21 of 24 factions have lost their home systems through 70 games what? and by lose a home system i mean lose at least one planet airspace doesn't count that's yeah. that's nothing which three factions have not oh okay. okay so 
we know wait <laughs> oh well we shouldn't work together <laughs> my instinct was to start to, to you just can go. work together should, or you cannot i don't I'm, know if it'll help i've got i've got two in my head and i'm just coming up with a, a quick third for who else i think could possibly be i'm well, gonna who do you, so okay well so so empyrean probably right i mean Ooh, that's a, that was not the i was thinking necro by the same logic mm, necro and empyrean and then what would a third be? I was going to say know Argent has been taken. I was going to say Nalu because they've been chosen so little. So I'm just mm. sort of like, I'm just kind of taking a statistical Oh yeah, and those there. three Nalu games, did Nalu's home system get taken? Right. Were they even a threat where their home system needed to be taken? Probably Well, not. but Matt, actually, is that the logic we should be using for all three? No. Actually? Probably not, but I'm going Are there. You sure? That's what I'm going with. So I'm saying Nalu, Necro, and I got to come up with one more. Empyrean's not a bad guess. You could say Empyrean because I'm I'm actually thinking about shifting my whole. Yeah, those are my, my three. whole thing. I'm I'm cashing it in. Empyrean, Necro, and Nalu. Matt, thank you for your answers, yeah. Hunter. Great I'm gonna you. say, I'm gonna say Nalu like Matt, and I'm gonna say Yin, and then I'm gonna say Arborek. Oh, you're just going all statistics. You're just saying everybody on the bottom. Bottom bear. Yeah. Of course, Yin and Arbrek makes sense too. Bo not picked off an and generally quite defensible home planet. You would. I, although think. I will be surprised to hear if Empyrean's home system had ever been taken. But yeah. no, I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm 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 saying like three not picked hardly ever. Arborek, Nalu, and Yin. Yeah. All right. What do we got? So Hunter gets a point. Yin is correct. Yin's home system. Darian has never been taken. The nice. other two answers are Winu. What? Okay. And Fair. Nomad. Nomad. Oh, no Nomad. Whoa. That's Nomad's interesting. Crazy. Winu should have been an obvious get. That, that should have been one I, I could have jumped on. But okay. Hunter, you get the point for, for the one clean guess versus my wow, zero. Wow, we, we guessed six. Oh, wait. We both guessed We, we guessed so five factions and only got best, one right. We guessed five, five factions and only got one right. Whoa. Yeah. It's almost like I put a disclaimer that this was hard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, Winu has had their home system attacked several times, but that commander. That's a good. Oh, yeah, those are yeah. really good ground forces on the Winu home system. Huh? Oh my those God, they're so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. If there's like yeah. any there, like yeah. if there's just any if amount a of single mech, it's like over. <laughs> <laughs> so staying on this theme for question two, which faction has lost their home system the most? I'll give you two hints. One fun and one helpful. Fun hint, Sar doesn't count. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Second one, more helpful, is that it's someone you might not expect. Okay. Uh, my first guess was going to be like a Hakan, because just the like the, the three planets thing, and but they sometimes sell that, them. But exactly, saying, saying we might not expect it kind of throws me off. Uh, the most times having their home system taken, who's in a position often that needs to have their home system taken. You know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to just, this is my dumb guess. I'm going to yeah. say that's why L1 is in, the, is in the dumpster. You wouldn't guess L1, but they keep leaving their home system open and they're like in a good position and then they get wind okay. slide. That's my, okay. that's my crazy theory. I'm going to say, yeah, it's like I kind of want to say, I, I kind of want to go down a similar route to what, you're, to what you're doing, Matt, of saying somebody with one planet in the home system. I'm going to say Cabal. Ooh, that's good. Neither of you two are correct, unfortunately, but both of you came very close. Matt, your logic was impeccable, <laughs> but L1 has had their home system taken only one time. Oh, wow. Hunter, Cabal is second. Their home system has been taken five times, tied with Muat and Jolnar. Wow. Most times having their home system taken, 
is the Argent Flight. Oh, I almost cursed it too. I said and I said uh, Ember's or uh, Emirates of Hakon, and I was almost gonna say Argent. Wow, oh that is wild. God. I wasn't confident enough to believe it. That is wild. Uh, I mean, it Do makes you remember sense. Remember when on this show? I know I you said, said they'll never have it taken. <laughs> I just like well, I know I said I want to see it because yeah, yeah. I just haven't seen it. Right. Well, now and you now can see it. How happened? many times? Seven. Wow. Six. Six. Oh my goodness. Shebe. Whoa. That's terrifying. Okay. We're well, talking about why Argent didn't win, and I said I'll tell you later. This is the that's why they just they uh, lose their home system yeah. they, a lot. <laughs> they're not setting up that grid. They're not setting up the the hollow lattice grid i guess well or people are b finally learning how to bust yeah, through pe it. people maybe are just playing against lattice. argent properly maybe that's the thing maybe that's yeah. what happened last year is people weren't taking argent seriously enough but when you take argent seriously it's still a three planet home system if you can get there you can get a planet on the this ground. is one of those things where sometimes i feel like we make it so the faction isn't as good because we just start shouting about how good it is and now people <laughs> are like playing against it early mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe Hollow Lattice isn't that good if people are actually like working on working at uh, shutting it down. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's hear question three. Question three. There have been three eliminations in this tournament. Which factions were oh. they? Oh, Small hint. Man. They're all considered pretty decent factions. I watched one of these, but I don't even remember. That's that's my memory for you. Um, mm. Man, three eliminations. eliminations. Let's. Let's call it. Ooh, I do think I'll hold. I'll hold one of my guesses because uh, I think I know. I feel like I know one of these. You actually just know one. Um, I'm gonna say Isarl as one for some reason. Is that weird? I actually, can Isarl be a, a, a eliminated because they have those mechs they can keep popping down? For some reason, I want to say Isarl though, like as if I heard that. Mm. So I'm gonna say Isarl. And I'll say hmm, decent. They got to be decent. Can't be Nalu. Nalu would be like the easiest answer. Right. I'll say Isarl, um, Hakan, and Muat. I'm going to say, say. I'm going to say Extra, Ghosts, and Titans. So the results are in. And Matt gets a point. Yay! Titans is correct. Titans, Titans is the one I, I had heard Titans. about, and it's mind-blowing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> they uh, played some aggressive moves early, and Susan as Argent went and took them apart. Yeah. It was quite nice to watch. The other two were Empyrean and Sar. What? Whoa. I guess Sar, Sar makes actually, sense. Yeah. But Empyrean. Should have guessed Sar. It's pretty nuts. Wow. Okay. Three powerhouses, then three big, big, big dogs. No kidding. And uh, Sars was just Ixvian going off and taking out oh gosh. Like, every one of their units on the oh, game. Right. Do it, huh? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number four: How many Imperial riders have successfully gotten a point in this tournament? Okay, so I read. Matt, you mentioned this. Yeah, yeah, I read the episode where I know three happened in one weekend, so it's up there. Uh, Hmm. Oh, thanks. Thanks for giving me that, Matt. You're welcome. I, you deserve no that. Idea. You, yeah, you you deserve that. <laughs> it's, that bit of information, I think. Um, I'm gonna say seven. Ten percent of what we've seen so far, Matt. I was exactly about to say seven. Oh, wow. like, let's right do it. Let's both lock it in then. Just both say seven, and we'll both be All right. wrong. All right, fine. Let's both say seven. I think it's a. I think it's a good guess. So I'm gonna say seven as well. If we both say seven. 
So Matt says seven, Hunter says seven, and this is hilarious because combined you're correct. It's 14. <laughs> what? <laughs> 14? What are you people doing? What? So that's, wait, you're saying 14 Imperial Riders not only didn't get sabotaged, but also netted a point for the player. Yes, 14 times has Imperial Rider gotten a point. That's, and it would well, be 16, but Deadly Plot canceled two of them. Wow. Sabotage is probably another four or five. Yeah. What? So are any of those off the extra hero? Uh, no, none of them are off the extra hero. What? That's also the next question. How many times do you think the players scoring that Imperial Rider point would go off to win? Hmm. I'm going to say not often because usually you let, let an Imperial Rider oh, go sure. four. Maybe that's why the number is Because it's round so four and they don't care about that player anymore. Well, can I say my number first? Yes, please. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say two. Close, but you split the difference. <sighs> four of them were winners four. and a Ugh. little bit of story on those four because it's great. Three were Yusarl. I don't think anyone should be too <laughs> sure. surprised yeah, about yeah. that. One was Barony. Of all those four... Two were Yasaro with confounding legal text. Oh. They played Imperial Rider on an elect player agenda, and then they said, oh, yeah, you should. it's going to be me. Yeah. I've got confounding legal text. No one has to sabotage? Great. Okay. Wow. That's me. One of those was on judicial abolishment when there was only one law in play. So freebie oh. rider. And Baronies was the second Imperial Rider point of the game. I was going to ask how many are crucibled Imperial Riders. Where, where, how, how many of the 14 points are duplicates? Is that the only one? That's the only wow. one where it was uh, picked up by the Codex. <laughs> or codex it's just yeah. wild to me that of the 14 points, two of them were the same game. That's hilarious. <laughs> Great. Wow. Wow. All That's right. Great. What are we at? Question six? Yeah. Okay. Question six was supposed to be the Xfian one, but we got on that. Oh, okay. Uh, so let's go to question seven. What have been the most consistent and least consistent factions? And by consistent, we're saying most are highest and lowest standard deviation. Oh so God. that's oh, okay. <laughs> you have a high standard deviation if you get 10 points one game and two the next. You have a low if you get seven points every time. So just consistently scoring like seven points over and over and over again. Well, I, I don't know. Consistently scoring a number. Uh, whatever your amount is. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Wow. Well, I mean, deviation, I'm going to say Nalu here because there's so few that I mean they would have to have a pretty crazy they, rate for that DV or is that not how statistics work just tell me if that's actually a very stupid guess no no because I think that is a dumb guess because not, not well it's higher variance because it's less we're, numbers we're both dumb about numbers Matt yes. uh, and I think with only three games the deviation is probably not going to be there's like no way for there to be a consistent deviation basically well, unless they were all three the same thing essentially but every other I think faction... you need you need something played more yeah. because what you need is more exceptionally weird data gotcha right yeah well I just I accidentally just sense. saw the I, I can see the Wait, did you see it well I haven't looked at them yet <laughs> but I see where I could find this answer and I will yeah, yeah, I will yeah. abstain I, I, to look I will not look I, at that uh, I that haven't column. had it up and I clicked away um, I feel like it's got to be somebody that's played a lot. Yeah. So, like, that's that's where I'm going, is I'm thinking about the ones that are played a lot. And I'm tempted to say something like uh, Argent or Hakan because of the three-planet home systems. Or, ooh, maybe Sar. Well, actually, no, does Sar ever do bad, though? I'm going to no. say Federation of Soul. That's my guess. You're going to say uh, for lowest or highest? For the uh, lowest, most consistent. Are we guessing Most both? Consistent. I'm supposed to guess both? Yeah, you can guess. We can do it one after another or at the same time. Okay. I guess you two prefer. Okay, let's do lowest first then. Okay, so you're saying soul. 
Um, I'm going to say Winu because of the hero. They just get those points. They get to eight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to say. All right. So that's the lowest, the least consistent you're saying. The, right? the, well, no. No, most oh, the most consistent. The most consistent. Most yeah. consistent. Okay. In that case, Hunter gets a point. Oh. Winu is oh. the most consistent faction by a wide margin. Wow. They oh are my killing God. it consistently in every game. Yeah. They cool. are getting eight or nine points basically every the game. The hero. That's it. Yeah. And that's wow. exactly they the right logic. It. I feel like I pulled that out of my butt and I'm happy. <laughs> um Okay, so least consistent. Mm, this one's way harder to even. I'm thinking about Hakan and I'm thinking about Argent because yeah. of those home systems. That's like that's like my my point of uh, well, but no. Okay, so least consistent. Actually, I'm just gonna say Hakan. I think that's I think that makes sense. I'm gonna say Muat. Muat's gonna do great when they when they get in there, and they're just gonna completely flounder when they don't. That's that's my kind of random guess. I'm getting a little scared because Hunter's correct no! again. Dude, <laughs> okay, he knows it, man. I, no, I'm t I'm I I legit didn't. It's so weird because I I like. I could have like clicked on it and looked at it, sure. so I feel bad. I like. No, 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 no. I feel, I trust like, you I feel weird that I got both of them. That's yeah. like really weird to me. Your logic was correct. I think Hakan usually gets around seven points, but when they go bigger than that, they just win the game. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. So that's all it takes. And now I'm looking at the numbers because I've given myself permission, and Muat is kind of up there, but not. Not in the ranks of Hakan and Mahakt have a crazy deviation. I can't believe. Well, oh, I'm glad I didn't guess Argent. Argent was like, yeah, Argent's pretty average. Yeah, yeah. and this is why Mahakt to me is such a footnote faction because yes. there's so many games where they just they don't do anything, don't get rolling, and get something. Like oh six yeah, points. look, yeah, Hakan has or uh, Mahakt has a bad standard yeah. deviation. Well, Hakan's is like. I really nailed it with a con jesus like <laughs> it's 2.76 and like almost everybody not that i understand these numbers but that's really weird hilarious Wait, what did i even say for the most consistent winning which makes Winu. a lot win it win is a pretty logical that was a good guess that was like a very good uh logic out re reasoning that the hero's gonna get them points they're just they're gonna be eight nine or ten every single game basically well heck yeah i win three points is that the end? Are we done? Or is there more tournament oh, quiz? I've got I've got three more if you're yes. still Ooh, please, okay, please, okay. I got so, I gotta catch up. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I just I just thought it maybe I've locked it in just because it's so hard. <laughs> no, it's three oh, to one. Not it's great. Great. The score Get currently is three to one. I have an opportunity. So this next question's a little evil by design. Which slices have been picked every game? I will not tell you how many is the correct answer. Mm. I at, at one point in the tournament I knew this answer, but that was like 30 or more games ago have been picked every single game every single game well oh man is it is it a bait and switch to say mama's drama it's gotta be mama's drama can't have been left in no nah, oh, there's probably but, one game that it didn't but get it's picked, evil right? well yeah. is it evil because it's just hard because we don't know yeah. oh, oh man i don't know <laughs> um how about this matt i'll i'll go first and i'll say i think the ob the more obvious thing and i think it's wrong but I think it would just be to say Mama's Drama, Golden Corral, Hope, and Tom Hanks. Oh, you think all four have been in every single game? I think all four of those have maybe been in, in, in every single game, okay. I think. I am going to say, oh man, I, 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 I really feel like Mama's Drama is a trick question here. Like, I think there's probably been one crazy game where it didn't get picked for some stupid reason. And so I want to say 
I'm looking at Tom Hanks and I'm looking at Hope and trying to pick one of the two of those. And I'm going to say Hope. I'm going to say Hope is picked in every game. No, that's a bad pick. Oh my God. No, 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 no. There's only two planets in front of your home system. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. I, I changed my vote. Tom Hanks is the only one that has gone picked every single game. So you two combined to something resembling the right answer. <laughs> Mama's Drama picked every game. <sighs> Tom Hanks picked every game. And Golden Corral picked every game. Wow. So uh, I just was missed one. out in just two little games. Wow. Almost there, but very close. Dang. Dang almost uh, got it. I'm well, actually pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that Mama's Drama hasn't gone, <laughs> has not, has been picked every game. It would have scared me to think of a game where they didn't, where no one chose that slice. Yeah, that would be wild. Home stretch here. Which strategy card was held by the most winners? And for everyone at home, tiebreakers don't count. Agenda phase wins don't count. Okay. Toward anything here. Um, I I know one figure, uh, for this because you said it in a direct message to us. So I know I know one card that uh -oh. it could have been that it isn't, and I'll say that out loud. It's not Diplo. Diplo has been uh, performing very poorly. I believe Stads said in the final round. Okay. Um. So Matt, I'll let you go first. Okay. With saying your answer. I am going to go with leadership. Yeah. I think, I think it's that's just the more reliable. I think that's correct. Uh, and I would just say leadership if I was playing this hardcore, but I want it. To, I, I want it to be close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say imperial, and then also it'll be You're funny because it, right. it won't be yeah, close if I'm right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so I'll say imperial. Huh? It would be funny if imperial was the answer, wouldn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah, hunter. Hunter's God. making it even less close. Imperial is the correct answer. No. Imperial's won 23 times. Leadership 18. No, that's Whoa. cool. That's a big disparity. Which is a lot. Wow. Matt, I for the record, though, I actually agreed with Matt's, Matt's yeah. logic. And I, th I, th I think, like, in, in the abstract, I would have assumed it was leadership just because you get all those advantages of yeah. just having the perfect card for your situation. Yeah. Wow. There's been a lot of games in the qualifiers, though, where leadership gets attacked a lot. True. And everyone just ignores Imperial. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they just exist until they win. And it's wonderful. Okay. Well, but it's also crazy to me that those two strategy cards have won 60% of games. That makes sense to me, actually. I've seen that. I've seen that same figure in almost every tournament. Um, Diplo's usually in there, too. Um, Diplo actually usually is quite up there for a final card pick. Um, but I think the win slay potential in base game was quite different than what it looks like in POK, which meant that that, that kind of pecking order was more reliable. So we saw a lot of imperial gets knocked out leadership gets knocked out and then diplo you can't and that that mm -hmm. happened a lot and that doesn't happen nearly as often in, in pok which I, I am now mathematically i'm i'm mathematically uh out i well, can't well we, don't be so quick there could be bonus points okay. yeah, exactly bonus points hey last I, question so after imperial leadership which we just went on about which strategy card was next for most wins ooh. and i'm gonna give like a little asterisk here and say that there is more than one correct answer so oh, maybe if Matt tied. gets all the correct answers and you don't get any hunter, that could be a comeback potential. Well, I okay. Uh, hunter, you guess first this time. Well, I, well, so, I, so we, I know what I want to guess, but so we know it's not Diplo, right? Basically, oh, it might be. Could be. Oh, oh, could just be yeah, that it's way less. Off it could be way less leadership. than yeah, leadership and imperial. But I have a different guess, anyways. Okay, I'm gonna say. Mm, Oh, wait. Well, I just want to say something weird. I'm going to say politics <laughs> and construction. Are we guessing two? You can guess as many as you like. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess all yeah. six. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just going to guess two. 
Uh, I was going to say Warfare, and then I would also take Trade. Uh, trade to lock in a... Oh, Warfare makes stage sense. Stage two, and then Warfare to, to, to slay somebody else who's got you. All right, the answers are in. And you're both somewhat correct. Yay! It's a four-way tie oh my God. at five wins each between politics, construction, warfare, and tech. Weird. Diplo is not in there. Tech win. Whoa. A tech wild. A tech win is pretty wild to me, but I feel like maybe makes sense in those contexts where it's like, actually, you can win slay everybody, and then the tech objective like works. You know, like I can get the tech for myself and still find a win or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe it's just a random tech win, but. Wow. So no wins for trade. Or not, sorry, not no, uh, less. less. Less wins for trade. That's pretty wild. And Diplo. I think for tech, there's been a couple of times where you pop tech to get like Light Wave or something. Oh, and then sure. you go do your action phase mm -hmm. secret. And you do the big stuff. Now that you can get there. That yeah, makes that sense. makes sense. Also, like the thing about, I feel like you would have been right, Matt, in a base game situation. Yeah. But because like everybody's just so rich all the yeah, time that I don't even know anymore. when people struggle to do economic objectives. Right. I just well, and like... trade in the last round is like the worst possible opportunity for trade because that's when nobody's actually like trade in the final yeah. round is worth like four dollars, not right. <laughs> what you get in round one or whatever. It's it's basically worthless. So probably a bad bad little guess there uh for trade i don't but. i think it made it almost makes as much sense as tech but then when i heard tech i was like oh yeah tech is like at least allowing you to get stuff just completely outside of the yeah. norm right. basically right but yeah well there it is hunter your four points beat my one point i did quite Dude, bad that <laughs> standard deviation question that was completely yeah. insane right like i cannot i cannot it. believe i was able to uh so yeah, I mean that's that's how I did it, folks. Uh, <laughs> is my just knowledge of I barely even know what the what standard deviation is. I still don't actually really understand what standard deviation means. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I I am the winner. I am the smart boy. Mm -hmm. I'm the dumb dumb. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. finally the rules are reversed. <laughs> Stads, thank you so much for uh, all the crazy work you've been doing this year on the tournament and last yes, year. Because yes. you did a lot last year, too. So just thank you for everything. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. It's always a pleasure to, to get to chat with you. It's been really fun to be here, hanging out, giving you guys quiz questions and getting <laughs> on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. No mad, best mad. Awesome. So uh, I want to thank our Weird Bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Billy, Brasper, Brian, Kaluan, Dark Jutsu, Goondock, Ignoring My PhD, Carnal, Sonaletto, Alice, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky, Broduel, Rwise, Fancy Zeeling, and Mama's Lovely Larva, Patience is a Virtue, My Son is Also Named Bor, Anvalir, Sturmy Sturm, Boo Poo, Nerf Zerg, Tautology is what it is, Frank G, Gazkio, Rekka, Jadim, Jedi, Nuclear Pasta, Privix, Rolo, Uncle Baddie, and Teddy's Jam for you. All right, Galactic Council, you just got your episode right there. We'll have a new poll for you next week. Um, Homebrewers Guild, that game is happening this Sunday, 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 <laughs> February 27th. Uh, we'll be starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I believe. That's the current plan. That could slightly change an hour or something. Could be. Um, but it's happening on February 27th. Also, unrelated to Twilight Imperium, but for Old Gamers Almanac... Uh, that game Elden Ring yeah. that everybody loves yeah. is coming out on Friday, February 25th, and I'm going to be streaming it uh, probably a lot on Friday and Saturday. So if you want to hang out with me this weekend, uh, I'll be doing that. Um, I was going to say, uh, as an additional thing to Homebrewers Guild, I, I thought this to myself uh, this week. 
one of my little micro projects within the Homebrewers Guild is I want to start working on like a tournament rules thing. I want to, I want to, yeah. we, we've got the crazy Homebrewers games. I want to play test the stuff like four, four, and four or 12 yes. point stuff. Or what I really want to do is this ninth strategy card that makes more public objectives hit the table throughout the game. That's been my big hang up recently and, and what I think is very cool. So I want to, I want to try the tiny little changes that make the game just a little bit better and might be something we consider for like way down the road tournament play or like a fun invitational style or whatever, stuff like that. I want, I want to try those things out. Galactic Council, thank you so much for letting me come here. I wouldn't have been able to make Madden Hunter guess all sorts of crazy stuff without <laughs> your help. And really thank you for getting me here. I hope you all had more fun than some dumb game about trading in cubes maybe <laughs> settlers of Catan. Oh, i don't know oh. something like that oh yeah oh, he's yeah good uh, i want to say good job too also to the galactic council for picking uh the coolest option yeah um you 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 did you did good this month uh and i love you um hey you can oh, rate yeah, this podcast right, yeah. on uh, apple podcasts itunes spotify all sorts of places you should do that that's fun uh tell us how good of a job stads did rate stads today and you better give them five stars or i'll come to your house and i'll beat you up uh you can also go to our <laughs> website spacecatspeaceturtles.com for more information about our patreon our twitter our discord our merch and all that you can also send us stories to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com uh, with fun wins or fun plays, and we got a fresh one. Here's a play of the week. Uh, this one here, this one's written by, oh, oh, this one's from Stads. Oh, Stads, we happen to have in the studio today. Stads, why don't you, uh, why don't you give us your play of the week? So this is a fun little multi-draft game, a little bit of tournament practice with some players. I was playing Muat in Mama's Drama, I Get Warfare, and I decide that we're gonna get out a second war on round one. Is it necessarily the right play? Maybe? Could be. Is it? I don't really know. So that's my goal. The main objective I'm looking at is make history. And I've got Ever in my slice, but I gotta find one more and I don't know how I'm gonna get it. So first I do a free for one with the Hakan agent so that I can umbat a carrier and a mech, because you need the extra dollar plus your home system to do that. Uh, when Nazroka on my left pops trade, we do a little X minus one on the idea we're gonna become neighbors. I take Aaron Amir and I take the Riggles. I get two green fragments and two red fragments, and my Nazarokan neighbor, who's uh, Tyler, or T.G. Welch, as some people know him, great guy, loves all sorts of crazy deals, he offers me black market forgery twice for fires, because he wants war sons. <laughs> I say sure, but on the condition, I have bad relic insurance. And he's like, okay, but you got to define bad relics in advance, you know, no welching on this, that's my thing. <laughs> no welching, <laughs> so okay. Say, yeah. <laughs> And I say, okay, crown of Thalnos, big bad. And if I get two of the less good ones, like, I don't know, the one that gives you an extra token or the one that gives you a tech skip, if I get two of those, then you're going to give me a dollar. I, I managed to do the deal through Hakan, and I get crown of Thalnos, sure enough. So insurance comes through for a dollar. So I'm getting up there to the magic number 12. The other one is Nanoforge which lets me take Evera, and I put Nanoforge on a Rigel to score. Then I sell fires to Hakan for five trade goods and helping all these deals happen, and this gives me just enough money for the second war sun. <laughs> wow. I had a lot of fun with that deal. Wow. I think everyone else did too. The other three players at the table, a little bit less fun. That that sounds like uh, what would be like a crazy sitcom episode where it's like, 
someone who's like doing everything in their power to like buy a ham sandwich or something like just this completely innocuous meaningless thing it's like oh yeah just gonna get your second war so i'm gonna i'm gonna like burn my own house down just for the sheer benefit of having gotten that second war sent out uh way sooner than i need it so i very much love that you committed to the bit there to 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 see what had to be done to make that possible yeah yeah i like it too it actually inspires me to think like what maybe maybe uh this would be repeatable if you also threw in like like let's say you're mua and you're like i'm gonna give my alliance to you round one help me build the second right and then you have it right away. so we can get all this money right that we could have if you would just give me some money right now i don't know Funnily enough, I gave my alliance to Mentak, one of the other players, for promise of protection in the future in return for them stalling construction so I could work towards the other objective. Right. That makes sense, too. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that was a that that's a cool play of the week, and uh, the, I, that's a that's the first time we've done that, right, Matt? To like had the person had that the person read it. Probably there may have been. I feel like there's maybe one other time we've done it, but I don't. I can't remember it. So no, this we, is it. This is the first time. This is so, it. This is the first time. That other time, it wasn't real. I guess. <laughs> Sorry to that person, uh, Stads. <laughs> thank you again for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me here, and thank you, Galactic Council, again for making this happen. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>